Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Stayed on side. The late man Matthews. Great boom. What a goal. Beauty. Austin Matthews. Matthews flipped it up for Marner. Mitch Marner centering. Hyman to the net. Scores. He took fast down and his shot trapped is in the corner of the ring. All right, here we go. Episode 32 of Not Another Leafs Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network at Ken Stapon, at McCarthy 95 at LeafsPod, at HockeyPodNet. BMAC, a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. March's biggest tournament is finally here. We do not know who will be cutting down the nets at the end, but we do know there will be no shortage of the madness. I mean, we already seen a couple number one seeds go down, the Illini going down yesterday. And DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting the new customers in the center of the action. Bet $4 on an underdog, win $256. If they win, it's that simple. Turning $4 into $256 is a 64 to 1 odds bet, and every dollar you bet could turn into $64. Pick one of the many select college basketball underdogs for your shot at winning $256, and all it takes is one $4 bet. There's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is on DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on golf, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is also safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings app. Now use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's code THPN to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. BMAC, what's happening, brother? Kenny, I'm just trying to manage this wind burn I endured yesterday on your lovely backdoor patio. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. Like 12 to 8? is an ideal patio time to, to have some libations with your friends, but it's also a dangerous time because I feel like noon to two is good. You're feeling great. And then suddenly the evening hits 
and your night's ruined. So that's the dangers of d- day drinking, I guess. Yeah, the earlier you start, uh, it can be a little bit perilous. And we did take advantage of the outside space I have in my house yesterday uh, with BMAC and uh, our good friend Ross Levitan, host of Locked On Slayers podcast, coming over to watch a little bit of the NCAA action. Got a little bit in on the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, but unfortunately what didn't wasn't able to convert any of the underdogs for myself, but there was a number of underdogs that were winning yesterday. It just seems like every every if you were a top seed, you were going down. Wow, what a tournament it's been so far. I don't think there's been another year, Ken, where we've seen this many upsets this early, and it's you know just the beginning, too. I guess we're... we're Almost into the Sweet 16, but it's been great to watch. No, it's very entertaining. Uh, you know what else was great to watch? The Maple Leafs 2 nothing win over the Calgary Flames on Saturday night. Uh, Jack Campbell registering his second consecutive shutout for the Toronto Maple Leafs and looked really good in net. A really important game for Toronto to get back in the win column. Yeah, I think it was more of just a weight-off-your-shoulders win. I mean, the Leafs were taking a lot of heat. Uh obviously going through that little skid and, you know, ardent fans are going to be up in arms when there seems to be, well, seems to be a goaltending controversy. I don't really think there is. I think it's great to see that finally, after all these years, Anderson has a reliable backup and Campbell has been outstanding in that backup role. It's not to say that he's going to take more of the load uh, when it comes to crunch time, but this is just great for Anderson to, A, nurse that lingering lower body injury and have ample rest in time for the playoffs. Because, Kenny, you look back to, let's go to 2016, Picard, Sparks, McElhaney, like all patchwork backups that really didn't help Anderson at all. So this is great for him to be that much more prepared for the playoffs. Well, I disagree with you with the McElhaney point. I think that he was a stud as a backup behind... You think he Parker was a Kanderson stud, eh? and, Well, he played really well. I think that you, if you look up his stats, it would be indicative of him being a, a very solid backup behind Anderson. Um, and if you recall, people were raking Kyle Dubas through the coals after they let him, he let him basically walk, and he ends up in Tampa Bay, and now, well, obviously, with uh, with the Stanley Cup in Tampa Bay, backing up Andre Vasilevsky. But then they brought in Jerry Sparks, who was uh, at the time the AHL goalie of the year, coming off the AHL goaltending goaltender of the year award, and just never really got it done in the pros. He never looked comfortable. He just was a complete disaster. Couldn't get a win, and eventually they end up shipping him out of town, letting Sparks go or letting McElhaney go in lieu of putting Sparks in. Uh, proved to be basically one of the biggest mistakes Kyle Dubas has made as the GM of the team. Now, with Campbell, I agree with you. It was a masterclass that he was able to go out and get this goaltender from the LA Kings because he's looked solid. Just about every start they had, I thought he was solid the other night. Uh, Even off the deflections, the odd man rushes, all those goals that people are saying wouldn't be the goaltender's fault if he gave them up. Campbell was able to slam the door the other night. So very impressive effort for him and hopefully for Frederick Anderson. I think actually the injury is probably... Uh, opportune timing since there won't be a goaltending controversy now. You can basically just start Jack Campbell on Thursday nights and nobody's going to be asking why it's not Anderson and Nett. And hopefully he can uh, get back to health shortly here because I don't care if you love Frederick Anderson or if you hate Frederick Anderson, there's no arguing that the Toronto Maple Leafs need him to be healthy if they're going to have success down the stretch here. Yeah, I just don't really get where a lot of the hate stemming from. This is a guy in a regular season played 
or started, I should say, 65-plus games. So by the time you hit game one of the opening round, you're gassed. So at this point, start Campbell for, for the majority of the remaining games and see how that will just do wonders for, for Anderson. Because clearly, as we've started to see, a lot of these injuries on the Leafs have, has, has been a lingering thing. So the more rest, they get another four-day break here, like they did last week. It's just really a blessing in disguise. I mean, it's tough for fans because we, we can't watch uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday night hockey. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I do understand, though, like where the critique of Anderson is coming from. And it's basically the fact that he hasn't been able to come up with a big save or steal a game for this franchise to this point in the season. And for whatever reason, really none of the goaltenders have been able to steal a game where definitively you could say that whether they're playing Calgary or whether they're playing Winnipeg or whether it's Montreal – and the other team is definitively the better team, out shooting them by basically you know a two to one margin, and then Toronto's still able to get the W because the goaltender plays out of his mind. And there just haven't been a lot of those contests this year. There's been contests that have been won with solid goaltending and net, where Toronto's just been dummying the play in front of them. And I feel like that's where the animosity is coming from: is that sometimes when your team doesn't have it in front of you, you need to be able to seal a win. And certainly that's what's going to come down to in the playoffs. If you're going up against Connor Hellebuck or Carey Price, you expect that those goaltenders are going to be able to come up with a big save in the key moment for your team. Anderson hasn't been able to do that to this point in the regular season, and now the past playoff failures are coming up to haunt him, and it's ultimately going to be based though his performance down the stretch here and in the postseason will determine whether or not he's going to be wearing the blue and white next season. And some footnotes, Kenny. Ian Scott reassigned to the taxi squad and Travis Boyd was just plucked up off the waiver wire by the Knucks. It looks like Jim Benning has taken all the depth 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 pieces from the buds. Jimmy Benning is as instead of being active at the trade deadline, it's just taking all the Maple Leafs depth players off waivers. Uh, he plucked up Jimmy VC last week, now Travis Boyd. Uh this, I knew that this guy was going to get snapped up. As soon as he basically went through waivers, he's a young player. He's looked good when he plugged into the lineup so for the Maple Leafs so far this season. So you hate to see him get washed out and end up in Vancouver um, if you're Kyle Dubas and this team. But let's be honest, at the end of the day, this is a fourth-line waiver claim. It's He wasn't able to make it a definitive enough impact to be in the lineup on a night-in, night-out basis. So... All the best for him in Vancouver, and hopefully he can find a, a more solidified place than the NHL uh, on a Canucks team that's been reeling this year. And I know we were talking about this briefly on on your patio yesterday, but Galchenyuk, I was able to watch that game in full Saturday night. I thought he looked really, really strong away from the puck. He seemed to be at the conditioning uh, standard of the NHL. A lot of people were apprehensive if he was able to transition well, hasn't played a lot of NHL games this year. He looked really, really good with Tavares and and Nealer, I mean, how could you not? Probably the best line mates he's had since Montreal. And he picked up a secondary assist as well. So he's definitely uh, starting to firm up a spot. It's obviously going to be back and forth. But, man, with, with these, uh, I'd say, flushing out these players and contracts, the dynamic and the landscape of, of the current Leafs lineup is just that much more scary. I think right now you got Hyman and Mikheyev on the fourth line. I'd like to see Simmons with Matthews a little bit more. They really clicked, uh, especially in that uh, little mini series back in January against the Flames. So 
whenever Simmons is on the ice and even off the ice, he provides a, a big, big boost and an impact. Did you see on Hyman's goal that just the celebration right away? I know he was uh, drifting over to the bench, but like right away, Simmons was Simmons was celebrating as if he was on the ice and got the assist. Yeah, the great. bench. <laughs> it was uh, akin to a KHL celebration. If you've ever watched uh, yeah. somebody score a goal in the KHL, and then everybody just starts celebrating. You can't even tell who scored the goal. He looks like a kid of, in like, Bantam A or something. Skating around. <laughs> yeah, full celly. No, it was good to see the members on the bench getting super excited for Hyman. That's the sort of energy that you miss. You saw Simmons obviously was uh, popping off. Matthews looked super happy for him. And he basically tried that wraparound on the penalty kill on the play beforehand. Like he basically did a wraparound to try down the penalty kill and the Riddick was able to stuff him. And then he gets the second opportunity and does the wraparound and was not denied. And Zach Hyman continues to raise his stock as he's playing at an elite level this season. I feel like any time like players will, um, you know, get married or end up having a kid when they're young and in the league, their game just automatically enhances. Like remember when Van Vliet, I believe it was in the playoffs last year. He, he had a kid, Next day, he comes back, drops like 35-plus or something. He had a heck of a game. But Hyman just seems to be just loving life. Obviously, he's in a contract year. He's going to demand uh, a lot more of what he's earning right now. And it's not just the goals, like the, the scrappy goals that we've seen from Hyman, you know, just outside the the crease, kind of banging him in. He can He's starting to fly more. He's got, like, decent hands. I mean, he went backhand shelf on... Uh, who was the goalie went back on shelf line? He just carried it in like was it no Mike one Smith? was guarding him. I think it was Mike Smith. I was like, that is like, like never before seen Hyman. So yeah, it's Hyman, good to see he's him, got man. some finish. He's got some finish to his game this year. Certainly a little bit more finesse. And man, he he's looked outstanding for this group. And certainly it's going to be the number one agenda this offseason is to figure out how to keep this guy in Toronto because he really gives me that uh like that Ryan Callahan vibe on those yeah. older Rangers teams where. He might not find the score sheet every night, but he's just the heart and soul guy on the team. He wins every loose battle for the puck, and he's just so important to that group and in the locker room, in not just the sense that he plays the game differently than a lot of the rest of the forwards on the team, but that he's just always working so hard and just setting that good example for the rest of the group. So Kyle Dubas is going to have his hands full trying to re-sign this player in the offseason. So a four-day break, Kenny, and then the Leafs will tangle with the Ottawa Senators, who have given them the most headaches this year, which is odd to say, but it's true. They've, I believe they've surrendered at least three goals to the Sens in each of their games this year, which well, is the Sens, not good. The Sens have played really well against a couple teams in the division, and it's kind of peculiar. They seem to play really well against Toronto. They seem to play well against Calgary, and then they seem to play well against Montreal. And I believe against the rest of the division, they have one win combined against the Oilers, uh, the Canucks. Crazy. And, yeah, who am I missing? And the Jets. So for whatever reason, Ottawa has been playing Toronto super tight this year, so I would expect that to be the case on Thursday nights. Nothing different there. It's just going to be up to Toronto to be able to go out and play the game and dictate the f- flow of the game right from the puck drop because that's where they've struggled against Ottawa this year. You know, if they want to get into like the grittier game where it's like more of a forecheck and you know, they're just grinding away, that's the sort of game that's going to benefit Ottawa as they don't have the skill players that Toronto has. Um, and really also just goaltending. Come, it's going to come down to what Ottawa's goaltenders are going to be able to do. It seems like Toronto, whoever's playing the Maple Leafs, of late is just playing out of their minds between the pipes. So regardless of who ends up getting the starts, I know Joey Decord's been getting some starts, whether it's Matt Murray, whoever it is, 
it's a lot a lot of the pressure is going to be squarely on them to come up with a big f- performance and uh, bail out the Sens as Toronto's just the more offensively talented group. Who do you start Thursday, Kenny? Yeah, for who? For the Leafs. For the Leafs? Jack Campbell. Well, Anderson's out, right? So it's not right. really so it's not really a question. That's what I was leading to before, like with the goaltending controversy. I think the fact that Anderson's actually out right now is probably you know not the worst thing in the world. I know, you but start considering Campbell on Thursday, and then you and and then he wins, and then it's like, well, you know, you gotta keep playing Campbell. Yeah. If Anderson's injured, at least he can take some time, rest, rest, and then when he comes back after his stint, he'll likely get a start just based off the fact that he hasn't played in a while. Yeah. And it's an opportunity just to press reset for this goaltender. Sorry, I should have elaborated more before you took over. I just mean to say that, you know, a lot of these injuries this year, the only one that has been long-term has been Simmons. A lot of it seems to be day-to-day. So if, by chance, you get to Thursday morning, Anderson is technically healthy. If you're Keith, do you still ride Campbell because he has back-to-back shutouts? It seemed like, from what I've read and heard about Anderson's injury, I doubt that he would be available to be between the pipes, even as in a backup role on Thursday. Um, Fair. And either way... I'm going with Campbell. After that performance against Calgary, he seems to give the team a really good chance to win with the way that he's playing right now. And ultimately, that's what it comes down to, right? I mean, even if you're looking at a 40-game sample size or whatever, and you think that this guy is going to give you the bare chance over the tenure of a regular season, Campbell's the guy right now that's playing better than Frederick Anderson. Now, whether that's a sustainable, you know, sustainable... I don't know what you want to call it, sustainable statistics or a sustainable level of play for Campbell. It remains to be seen because there's a reason that he is a backup in this league and hasn't made the transition to be a starter. Some guys are just better off playing the odd night here or there and they throw them between the pipes and they can just eke out a win because stacking the pads and stuff like that isn't always going to be effective. I mean, it's like some goalies have been able to do it really well. Dominic Hasek sort of had that style where he was just flailing around all the time, but (laughs) it looks like a fish out of water, but he always managed to stop the puck. I think the mechanically though, generally the goaltenders who are a little bit more reserved a la Frederick Anderson uh, generally have more success long-term than that sort of uh, old-school style of just stacking the pads, rolling around, and trying to keep the puck out of the net. This was the headline in the Toronto Star this morning. Ready for it? Has Leafs goalie Jack Campbell always been this nice? <laughs> <laughs> he has been this nice. You remember like, after he got picked up? Yeah. Like, even, like, the opposing coaches, it was like DJ Smith. It's like, what do you think of Campbell? He's like, oh, he's so nice. All the players, anytime they ask anything about him, he's just such a chill guy. I was reading the story that apparently, like, in his days in L.A., he would, like, refuse to accept money for the bill or even to split it. And he would, like, slip the money in the socks or the shoes of his teammates. And then they'd find it later and be like, Jack. But apparently he just he's just – obviously we, it's well documented that he's beloved in the locker room and by the players. But, man, I just was a little like, wow, that's, that's the headline today? Like, my goodness. There's been a lot yeah, of they- nice players in this league. Speaking of the LA Kings as well, uh, there's a little rumor floating around that I want to get your opinion on that the Leafs might be sniffing around on Jonathan Quick. Now, I don't know if there's a whole lot of, like, it seems like there might just be a little bit of smoke there rather than it actually being um, a full fledged, they're going to make a deal at the deadline. But what would your opinion be about the potential that the Leafs would be going out to get the acquire the Stanley Cup tro- trophy winner in Jonathan Quick? Very low. I mean, I'm not going to throw kerosene on the fire air i don't think it it necessarily fits that well and i think this is is really just about people trying to make 
uh, or start the week off with, with some smoke. But I, I don't think I don't think it makes sense. I don't think he fits. I'm with you. I think that um, he's an aging goaltender. I thought, like I'd have to look at the contract numbers, but I don't think that's really that impressive. As my dog just starts making a ton of noise in the background behind me, but uh, no, I don't think that's going to be a situation where this is going to be a real beneficial move. And it's kind of shuffling the deck. And also, you know, you're probably going to have to send your starting goaltender the other way, and then likely right. be without a starter for two weeks as the as quick has to go through the quarantine process of coming to Canada. So I would be surprised to see the Maple Leafs pull the trigger on any sort of goaltending change at this point in the season, based off the information that we have and just understanding the quarantine protocol. It's just such a difficult position to adjust to with a different team, different systems in front of you. And it doesn't seem to make sense that they would make a change of that magnitude at this point. All right. Should we go to the tweet of the day? Yeah, let's do it. All right, you're up first, buddy. What do you got? All right, mine will go with Scott Walquist at Walquist Scott. Day 491 without sex. A mosquito sucked on my neck, and I moaned a little bit. <laughs> God damn. Hey, my you know goodness. what? You know what, Scott? Spring is here. Patio weather's here. Maybe you'll get lucky. You never know. Yeah, just uh, look up Dr. Bonnie Henry's um, <laughs> guidelines for safe sex during the pandemic they're on the british columbia health website uh there is uh, there is some questionable advice um to say the least i won't get into it on the pod because it seems uh, wildly inappropriate but just go look up uh <laughs> what british columbia is recommending to uh try to quell the getting sick while still engaging sexually during the pandemic uh, my tweet is from at Laura, or at Laura4, and it says, Jason Spezza has three times the amount of goals as Jack Eichel this season. That's bonkers. I couldn't believe it when I read that. And, and I know we've berated the Sabres you know, to the 10th degree on this podcast, but my goodness, the, like Jack Eichel is just having such a terrible season. And he, ultimately, it's going to be up to him to prove that he has substantial value again not that he doesn't have substantial value as well but like if you're playing the way that he's been playing to this point in the season it's less likely that somebody's going to be willing to give up the family ranch to pry you out of buffalo man i bet he's looking at you know matthews and mcdavid and this is the guy who went one after mcdavid in the 2015 draft and he just is being sewered absolutely sewered yeah no it's been it's been brutal to watch and they were talking about this um, earlier in the week on Overdrive, how basically like a lot of the teams in the East were going into the rebuild, or like Edmonton was going into the rebuild around the same time, and Toronto was going into the rebuild, and Buffalo was like in, going into the rebuild. And basically, Buffalo is in this exact same spot that they were five years ago. Yeah. Where at least the Oilers have, um, have had a little bit of playoff success. The Maple Leafs have at least had the regular season success and are making the playoffs on a consistent basis. But Buffalo has just been a disaster. Ooh, we've harped on the on this team yeah, enough, man. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, really, <laughs> I really just don't want to just berate the Buffalo Sabres anymore. We've talked about it ad nauseum on this <laughs> podcast. Let's go to the bar. Crash that piece of shit, then step away. Guess it away. was meant to be. Romance is 
Alright, I'll go first, and it's uh, going to be Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster for me. Um, we often talk about the Raptors based off the fact that we're also a Maple Leafs podcast, and they're obviously right under our noses as well, but the Raps currently in the middle of an eight-game losing streak, which I believe is their worst losing streak since way back, like 2011, the Andrea, Andrea Bargnani days with Dwayne Casey at the helm. It's been just a disaster for this group. The COVID stuff just got derailed their season completely, and they haven't been able to figure it out. They're playing the Houston Rockets Monday evening, BMAC, which is this evening. We're recording this on uh, Monday, March 22nd. And the two teams have combined for losing 28 straight games. It's just the toilet bowl tonight. And Ridiculous. Bobby Webster and Masai Ujiri are going to be at the bar trying to figure out what they're going to do with their key players. Because uh, they're somewhere where there is a lot of smoke, and certainly there's fire to go along with it, are the trade rumors surrounding both Norm Powell and Kyle Lowry, who are both rumored to be available prior to Thursday's NBA trade deadline. Oh, this team just confuses confuses me so much. I mean, they, in March, they, they beat up on the Nets, the Bucks, the Sixers, and then the league is gifting them with these should-be bounce-back wins against the Cavs, against the Rockets. If they don't beat Houston tonight, man, like, look out. That's nine yeah. straight if they do. Today, today, tonight, I should say, it, it should be a gift-wrapped win. It should be. Take it. I, be- I believe the Rockets also have uh, lost 12 straight by double digits, which is an NBA record Wow! for for just playing terrible basketball. <laughs> and for wow. whatever reason, Vic Oladipo and you know John Wall just haven't been able to figure it out. I know we highlighted that on a prior pod, but my goodness, Houston's been, if the Raptors have been awful this year, Houston is like an even bigger train wreck than that. Well, I'll stick to the court and go with Oral Roberts. I mean, what an absolute... I'll just... Yeah, the entire team is at the library bar because they deserve it. I mean, you look at the upset in round one, people are like, okay, like, great story, might have got a little lucky. But then they do it again against another top-seeded team, and they're through to the Sweet 16 for the first time since 1974. Like, Yeah, they knock off Ohio State, number two, and I believe it was Florida who was, uh, was seven or an eight seed. Yeah, like, just incredible work. Big schools, too. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think we had a little bit yesterday, or a little bet yesterday on the, uh, what was it, Wisconsin and Illy game? The Wisconsin-Baylor game. Baylor, pardon me. Sorry, there was so much yesterday, I couldn't keep up. But, yeah, I, I, owe, you, I owe you two points because I said Wisconsin would win by two points, and they did not. I believe they lost by nine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we should also mention to the listeners that when you made this bet, they were trailing Baylor, I think, by ten points. So, I, yes. Easiest two pints I've ever cashed in on. <laughs> betting on the number one seed who's up by ten money line, basically. Yeah. Pick your pick your poison, man. I got you. Yeah, it's uh, the tournament's been so fun to watch and one of the best tournaments of the year. And anything can happen based off the fact that it's just a one and done. It's not as if you have to beat these teams, you know, in a best of five series where all these small schools wouldn't stand a chance, even if you're able to pull out a game win in the first game but it's so impressive to watch these lower seeds climb their way through the tournament and so important for the revenue for these smaller schools as well to get a little extra uh, cash in on the on the payday based off the fact that they can get a berth to the sweet 16 or the elite eight where you really start to see some revenue uh, rolling in from your team success well kenny this will be my last episode with you as a 25 year old turning 26 tomorrow march 23rd going to be a big year it's the jimmy vc year or as i was reminded yesterday by a good friend and friend of the show ross levitan the patrick elias year 
So yeah, that's a little uh, bit better, I think, than VC. So we'll go I think, with the Patrick I think he was a little bit, year. I think he was a little bit more consistent in his career yeah. than VC. Just a touch. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe VC's getting first line minutes now in Vancouver, so maybe he can rejuvenate his career, getting a bigger opportunity with the Canucks than he did with the Maple Leafs. Yeah, he almost potted the shootout winner the other day too. That would have been something, man. Kind of stick it to Leafs brass, but he didn't. Yeah, although I get, I, I guess as well, like BC did get an opportunity sniffing with Tavares and Nylander, so we can't say they didn't get ample opportunity in Toronto yeah, to be successful. That's very true. All right, well, buddy, enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of Not Another Leafs Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Give us a follow on Twitter at LeafsPod at Ken Stathon at B McCarthy ninety five at Hockey Pod Nets, and we'll catch you next time.